0: Now, coronary artery disease is an atherosclerotic disease, so you have to understand atherosclerosis before you can understand coronary artery disease. Do you have that straight? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, what makes the heart... Well, no, let's talk about this other... What's on here first? Chronic um, coronary artery disease leads to angina pectoris. Acute MI can also happen... And it's responsible, well, in the United States, we have 700,000 new MI cases every year, and we have 500,000 recurrent MIs. So a little more than half a million and half a million. Sound good to you? All right. Now, risk factors for coronary artery disease are the same as for atherosclerosis. So the major non-modifiable are age, gender, and family history. Now, I know what some of you think, but my age changes every year. (laughs) It's modifiable. Even though it changes, it changes on a very predictable schedule. Even though some of you are going to start saying that you're only 29 and you're really 34, It's very predictable, and you can't stop it. Therefore, it's non-modifiable. Family history. What do we say the major family history that we're looking for? Heart attack before age 50. In what kind of relative? First degree. And so it's going to be mother, father, brother, sister. We don't care much so much about uh, son, daughter, because if they have it before they're 50, you'll probably still be older than them, unless you're a genius and have a time machine. (laughs) Now, major modifiable risk factors are cholesterol or lipids, hypertension, smoking, uh, diabetes, prediabetes, and insulin resistance, obesity, and what kind of obesity in particular? Visceral obesity, abdominal obesity, as opposed to subcutaneous, which would be like the pear-shaped saddlebags, cellulite. So even though they're not as pretty, they're much more healthy. (laughs) Sedentary lifestyle... And an atherogenic diet. Now, there's, there's some question as to what an atherogenic diet is. Some people think it is high saturated fats. Some people think it is high um, sugar. Some people think that it is high amounts of trans fat. Some people think it's any fat. <laughs> there's fat in it. It's going to be in me. We'll, I'm going to tell you that it's a high sugar diet. Now, we'll we'll talk more about this in research. But think about this for a moment. Before the 18 before the 1800s, there were really no heart attacks at all. The first MI was recorded, I think, was like 1869 or 1868, something like that. Before that, people, before that, people didn't just suddenly drop dead of heart attacks. What is it that changed? Very close. The discovery of the new world. Sugarcane. Now, here's something that you, you need to think about for a moment. Haiti, is it a poor country or a rich country? Poor. But guess what? It was the richest colony in the entire new world in the 1700s and 1600s because of sugar. The diet, the average diet went from about 3 pounds of sugar in the 1800s to about I think it's like 50 pounds of sugar a year now. So my money's on the high sugar diet. Does that keep me from eating the sugar though? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Now now, some additional, we call non-conventional risk factors, highly sensitive C-reactive protein, homocysteine levels, and then a particular kind of cholesterol lipid called lipoprotein A, sometimes called LP little a. Don't ask me why they call it LP little a. Do have Say again? Do have a I don't know. It's a very good question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: they are not a major sugar producer anymore, by the way. It corn? I so I sugar. Sugar, corn, well, corn Yeah, high fructose corn syrup is a whole nother matter, but anyway. No, I haven't seen that commercial. Oh, yeah, you said it was All right, back up here, back up here. Okay. Now, coronary arteries. Who here speaks Spanish? It doesn't matter how much. It. Who knows a little bit of Spanish? What is, what is the Spanish word for crown? No. Corona. Corona. Oh. corona Arteries coronary arteries. The reason they're called coronary is because they surround the heart like a wow. crown. But I
1: thought no. coronary comes like
0: No. So, they, they surround the heart and then they penetrate into it. Now, even though the heart has blood flowing through it, It doesn't get its sustenance from that blood. It gets its sustenance from coronary arteries. Now, you've done this trick a lot of times. Go ahead and put your hand up to your head like this. Squeeze really hard. Now, put it next to the other one, and what do you see? Color difference! Why is there a color difference? Because you squeeze the blood out. What does your heart do 80 times a minute? For some of you more nervous people, even more. It squeezes. When your heart contracts, guess what it does to the blood in the coronary arteries? It pushes it out. So when is the only time the heart can get perfused? When it relaxes in diastole. So that makes the heart extremely vulnerable to reductions in? In coronary? diameter. Diameter. Diameter, yes. Now, um, the three major, the three major uh, coronary arteries, you need to memorize these. I guess this four. So the first one is the right coronary artery, the RCA sometimes it's called. And it is going to perfuse the back of the heart. Then we have what's called the left main coronary artery. And do this. Why are we doing this? Because that's about how big it is. So the left main is then going to branch off into two other arteries. We call them the left anterior descending. I wonder where that goes. <laughs> huh. So it's on the left side, and it's going to run in the front and down. And then the other one is called the left circumflex. Hmm. I wonder where that one's going to go. And that's going to circumflex around the side. Wow, that's amazing. So here is a picture. All right, so here we have the right coronary artery, which is going to go around the back of the heart. Over here we have the left main, short, and then it's going to branch into the left anterior descending, which descends the front of the heart, and the left circumflex, which is going to travel back around the heart. Now, if you get a blockage right here in this little artery, is that going to cause a lot of damage? No. no. it's going to cause damage to this little part of the heart right here, right? Mm-hmm. If you get a blockage right here, is that going to cause more damage? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. everything below it is going to have decreased blood flow. Now, if you get a uh, blockage right here in the left main, what's the nickname for that? Yeah. Widowmaker. Because people who get blockages in the left main will typically die before you can treat them, because you've got basically a third of, or two-thirds of the heart being ischemic. So size matters. When it comes to coronary occlusions? The kills of no, it kills two-thirds of the heart. And if that was a little too busy, here's another picture for you. All right, um, now in terms of myocardial ischemia, blood flow must be impeded before metabolism is affected. What does that mean?
1: Blood flow must be
0: blocked before. Okay, thank you for reading the sentence again, but, you know, substituting the word block for impede. (laughs) But what does it mean? Okay, thank you for that use of uh, the active voice. (laughs)
1: All
0: right, what it means is this. If you have an artery and you have some atherosclerosis in it right here, will atherosclerosis that big cause ischemia? Will atherosclerosis this big cause ischemia? No. Will atherosclerosis that big cause ischemia? Yes. So basically, you have to include a certain portion of the artery before enough blood flow is blocked to actually cause symptoms. So patients will live with this condition for how long before they get symptoms? Five years. When do they start getting this condition? before they're 18. So let's just use 8. Let's use 20 for, for easy subtraction. If a, if a person who gets an early heart attack gets it when they're 50, how long do they have this problem? 30. 30 years. So this is a very slow developing disease in most people, even the early precocious ones. Still takes a long time for that to fill up. Now that's not exactly true because Well, anyway, we'll talk about that later.
1: Would it also be myocardial ischemia if the entire
0: thing was blocked as well? Ah, if the entire thing was blocked, yes, that would also cause myocardial ischemia. Now, let me ask you this question. How long does it take to grow so big that it actually starts occluding blood vessels? Longer than 30 years is the answer. Because people at 50 don't get this kind of angina. What do they get at age 50? They get a heart attack. What's a heart attack caused by? Compli- complicated lesion, which means that this little guy broke open and caused a blood clot. Why, yes, there is. And we'll talk about those in just a few minutes. But the bottom line is... If you have a little bit of blood flow decreased, it's not going to cause symptoms. So we have what we call absolute ischemia, which is basically no blood flow going. And then we have relative, which is a little bit of reduction, which may or may not be symptomatic. Now, there are some other causes of myocardial ischemia besides atherosclerosis. We also have... Vasospasm. So how many of you have ever gotten a leg cramp in the middle of the night? Oh, it hurts. Okay. Same thing can happen to an artery. And it hurts. Because your heart is going to become ischemic. Hypotension. What do we say drives blood through the heart? Pressure. pressure. And pressure when? When the, press- when the heart is doing this or this? When it's relaxed. So what pressure needs to be high? Diastolic. Diastolic. Diastolic needs to be high enough to drive blood through those arteries. If a person has hypotension, especially what kind of hypotension? Diastolic. Diastolic. That can cause decreased perfusion of the heart. Here's another one. Arrhythmias. Arrhythmias cause decreased cardiac output which can cause myocardial ischemia. Here's another one. Now, it's not necessarily a decrease in blood flow, but anemia causes less oxygen to be carried. So the heart will have to work harder in order to get the same amount of oxygen. So it's kind of like shooting itself in the foot. And then... um, Any kind of pulmonary problem can also enhance any existing myocardial ischemia. Repeat after me. Coronary artery disease plus COPD is worse than either one by itself. Got it? All right. So basically, what we have is a balancing act. How many of you have ever watched uh, the MTV challenges, like the Gauntlet or the Duel? Well, only one person here. The or the Island. You, you should watch them. You can watch them online, and it's very entertaining. But they've done in the Gauntlet three.
1: They they did this one challenge.
0: They did this one challenge where they have the, they have like this big disc that had a fulcrum in the middle. And they had to have the team members balance just perfectly so they could get it to balance for 10 seconds. So your heart is doing a balancing act as well. It's balancing oxygen supply with oxygen demand. Now, oxygen supply is supplied primarily by cardiac output. The more blood your heart can pump, the more supply it will have. By your hemoglobin levels, the more hemoglobin you have, up to a point, the more oxygen will be able to deliver to your heart. Respiratory func- function. If you have pneumonia, you're going to have less oxygen getting into your blood. If you have COPD, you're going to have less oxygen. Blah, blah blah. You understand? Get the idea, right? And then what we have we call fitness of the muscle. Now. How many of you are out of shape? But you're a lifeguard. All right. Now, when you first start working out, what do you feel a lot? You feel short of breath all the time. Yeah. How many how many of you ever done heavyweight squats? What do you feel when you're done with the heavyweight squats? out of breath. You're just as out of breath as if you ran a mile and a half. Why is that? Okay, because working muscles need oxygen. And muscles that are trained and fit are better at pulling oxygen out of the blood than untrained muscles. So if you are anywhere near sedentary, You're going to have a harder time, your heart is going to have a harder time pulling oxygen out of the blood than if you are fit. And you don't have to be super fit, just mildly trained. Like, go up a flight of stairs every day. (laughs) Well, in that case, it's not a problem of pulling oxygen out of the blood. That's a case of not having enough oxygen in the blood. So it's going to be worse off if you have anemia but for a different reason. All right, so muscles that are fit are better at extracting oxygen from blood. Now, that's on the supply side. Now, what is the number one determinant of oxygen supply to the heart? Okay. Assuming assuming that you have normal cardiac output, what's the number one determinant of oxygen supply to the heart? Diameter of what? Diameter of the core? Coronary. coronary artery. What's the number one thing that impedes coronary arteries? Occludes? Is that a better word for you? Blocks? I'll use your word. What's the number one thing that blocks coronary arteries? Makes them smaller? A. Atherosclerosis. What's the number two? Basospasm. All
1: right.
0: Now, on the demand side, we have basically the work of the heart. The work of the heart is determined by two things: contractility, the force with which it contracts, and heart rate, how often it's going to contract. That makes sense. Now what determines those two factors? All right, so in terms of heart rate, what controls heart rate? Vagus nerve plus norepinephrine, and epinephrine. That, that about it? Yeah, pretty much the nerves and epinephrine. What affects contractility? Okay, preload, through what, what mechanism? Starling. Starling's Law of the Heart. The more you stretch the heart with preload, the more it contracts. What else? Epinephrine and norepinephrine. Now, what is going to impact those parameters? What's going to make your heart want to pump harder?
1: Boom!
0: <laughs> Made her heart pump harder.
1: Yep, <laughs> and faster. Oh my God. Okay?
0: It's not the first time I've done this.
1: <laughs> well, Michelle knows how to do the
0: Heimlich maneuver, so we would have been okay. Say again? All right. So, what is it that makes your heart pump harder and faster? Oh, yes, those are the chemicals. Fight or flight response. So, emotional distress, anger. What else? Okay, well, those are all emotional. But what else besides emotion? That's still emotion. <laughs> that's still emotion.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, now I don't want you to use the word exercise. I want you to use a word that's more general. Okay, exertion or activity. Physical activity of any kind. Walking is enough to cause your heart rate to go up compared to sitting or sleeping.
1: What would be considered people slow their heart rate by thinking
0: about it? What's the word for that? Not yogi. Guru. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Biofeedback. Yes. Some people can slow their heart rates just by thinking about it, but for those of us who can't, what are we going to do instead? Lie down and think happy thoughts, or calming thoughts, rather. All right, now there's one additional thing besides the work of the heart that is also going to increase myocardial demand, and that is hypertrophy of the heart. Now, what is hypertrophy? It's when the muscle gets bigger. Now, how many of you have ever read in a fitness magazine or Cosmo that if you gain a little bit of muscle, that will increase your metabolism all the time? Because muscle burns more calories than fat. Have you ever ever heard that, read that, seen that? It is true. It's true. The same thing is also true of the heart muscle. If your heart muscle gets bigger, it's going to require more oxygen, no matter whether the heart rate and contractility are normal or high. It's this heart that's bigger is going to require more oxygen, just because there's more muscle. That's bad. Very, very bad. Now, let me ask you this other question. When the the heart gets bigger and more muscular, does it also get more coronary arteries? No. No. So what does that do to our balancing beam? Wham! It hits the floor on the other side. So hypertrophy of the heart is always Bad. bad because it causes more oxygen demand, but you get no more oxygen supply again Andre the giant. yes like Andre the giant now his fault he's the biggest and the strongest <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even exercise all right myocardial ischemia uh, when the myocardium becomes ischemic within 10 seconds hold your breath You're all dead. No. Okay, you held your breath for 10 seconds. What happened?